0: Hi, everybody. This is Emily Trenum, the host of Memphis Metropolis. I'm away from the microphone this week, so we're rebroadcasting one of my favorite episodes. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm your host, Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis is all about our city as an urban place, including its neighborhoods, buildings, pathways, and parks, as well as the people who shape it. Join us each week as community leaders and commentators talk with me about our shared built environment. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Memphis Metropolis and WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Emily Trenum, the host, and this week we're talking to Jason Sharif, who's with an organization called Respect the Haven, which is an advocacy organization working in White Haven, as you might expect. So, welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you for having me. So, let's talk about the White Haven neighborhood. And I think most people know where it is but kind of locate it for folks in the within the city and also how it um you know what the boundaries do you consider it to be for respect to haven and um and then you know i know people talk about westwood what where westwood is in relation to white haven that's about seven questions and i'm sorry about that that's kind of how i roll but anyway talk about where white haven is located in the city
2: uh, Whitehaven is located in uh, southern uh, part of Memphis, uh, South Memphis. Uh, don't consider it, you know, South Memphis, but it is in Southern Memphis. Uh, as far as boundaries, um, traditionally, uh, it starts to the east. Uh, air, uh airways where airways borders the airport. Uh, it goes far west. Some say, you know, the train tracks, um, the railroad tracks. Others say Horn Lake Road. Others push it all the way out to uh, Third Street, to the west. To the north, you're looking at like I-240 and Mill Branch, and to the south, all the way to the Mississippi State Line.
0: So that's a big area.
2: About fifty, I think 50,000, 60,000 residents. It can be, you know, you know, it, if it was on if if Waterven was its own city, where I think they say it would be like the tenth largest city in Tennessee or something like that. Wow, so it's a very huge area.
0: So it's um, so you're you know, respect to Havens, a very prolific post uh, a poster on social media, which of course is a great way to get the word out about you know activities you have going on. And I noticed you you posed a provocative question recently about where the Western most, sometimes I think you post things just sort of food for thought to get the discussion going, which of course is great. Uh, that's great for engagement. Mm-hmm. And you posted a question about where people thought that Whitehaven ended and Westwood started. And there was quite a bit of, um, and then and then um, Lakeview Gardens got thrown in there. People said, you know, Lakeview Gardens is in Whitehaven, not Westwood. And it was just really interesting. Where, where did most people come down on that, do
2: you think? Um, I think the majority of the answers was horn uh, between Horn Lake and uh, Third Street is Lake, they say it's Lakeview Gardens, which is a subdivision, but many people in Lakeview Gardens consider themselves part of White Haven. So I think it was pretty much, you know, Westwood started Third Street. There is a sign at Third Street in range that says, welcome to Westwood. So I guess it was, it was between the area between Horn Lake and Third Street, which is Lakeview Gardens, which many people consider Lakeview Gardens, you know, part of Wahe.
0: So, for people that don't know, Lakeview Gardens was, um, you know, one of the first subdivisions developed, you know, by and for African Americans um, in that area. And actually, did a show I probably, probably several months ago, really, with Daryl Cobbins, whose dad developed that whole area and they're okay. a commercial real estate developer and we talked a little okay. bit about that and um you know a, a very important accomplishment so people might not have heard about it that aren't from that area but it's um okay. certainly within Whitehaven is well known.
2: Okay well I, I, you're telling me something new now my family I have uh my cousins uh you know grew up in Lakeview Gardens so you know I spent a lot of time as a child you know in Lakeview Gardens but Okay, I didn't know that was the first black neighborhood. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Um, and um and the um okay, so that's um so you grew up in White Haven and how did it what was it like when you were a kid? I think when you and I were talking earlier, I was saying that, you know, my husband grew up in White Haven. And at that time, it was largely white. I don't think that's why it was named Whitehaven, but it was largely white. And over time, it transitioned to being primarily African-American. And did that happen while you were while you were living there? I know you did your whole went through your whole school system there. I think you told me.
2: Right. Uh, first, uh, White Haven is named after Colonel Francis White. Uh, so, that, that that's it. you know, a lot of people being white haven was named after white people, it was named after a man whose last name was white, Francis White. Uh, so, you know, my grandparents' last name is white, so it's just <laughs> so a coincidence
1: white just a coincidence. That after yes. white
2: people. Um, Although yeah, people call I think it black haven now. <laughs> Right. I think the original name was White Station or something like that. But since it was already a White Station, you know, trying, you know, I I read up on the history. But no, it was named after Francis White. Um, I lived in White Haven from the time I was six to the time I was thirteen. So that's between eighty-four and ninety-one. Uh after eighty-four and ninety-two. Uh, you know, ninety-two we moved out to Cherokee, which is near Orange Mound. And then in 94, my 11th grade years, when we moved out to Parkway Village, but my grandparents remained in white Haven and, and all my schooling was done in Whitehaven. Of course, growing up, yeah, it was predominantly white. Uh, you know, I had a lot of, you know, businesses. The Southland Mall was at its height. Uh, you know, we had uh Southbrook movie theaters where we, you know, went to the movies uh, growing up. A M C, a Walker Middle School. It used to be Al's Golf Haven, which was another you know um, spot that we went to as a kid. So you know, yeah, White Haven is definitely different from what it is now. Like I said, the Southland Mall. You had Target. Um, you know, um, Red Lobster. You know, I just think about you know all the things that we had growing up and uh, seeing when I came back all the businesses that it, that has left. So um uh I can't recall exactly you know when the change you know when White Haven actually became Black Haven or you know I I have to say probably some I know when I went to high school through ninety three to ninety six uh White Haven High School was predominantly black you know so um okay. uh, there's a time in the nineties that you know it, uh, I guess the white flight really just you know, we noticed the white flight, I guess in the 90s is when it became predominantly black. And um, so
0: what, So, when did you did you move back there for high school?
2: When we moved to White Haven when I was six, we moved, uh, my mom and got a divorce. So me, my mom and my brother, we moved with my grandparents. And so eventually uh, my mom moved out and got her own place. But from 84 to 92, we lived with our grandparents, with my grandparents in White Haven. And like I said, in 92, we moved to Cherokee, then we moved to Parkway Village, but my grandparents always kept their home in Whitehaven. So once I left Whitehaven when I was 13, 14, you know, I didn't go back, but I stayed. My whole school that was done in Whitehaven, even though we moved from Whitehaven.
0: So what made you want Whitehaven to be your home as an adult?
2: Uh, I eventually... After I graduated from high school in 96, uh, went to college at Jackson State, Uh, graduated in 2000, came back home in 2001. I lived in Memphis from 2001 to 2006. Um, Then I moved to Nashville um, from 2006 to 2012. Then 2012 to 2019, I lived in Houston. So I moved back to Memphis in 2019 to help take care of my grandfather. You know, he's now 93 years old. My mom ended up selling her house out in Parkway Village after my grandmother died and came back home to White Haven to, you know, take care of my grandfather. So when I came back home uh, to Memphis in 2019, you know, I I decided to help, you know, move into the house. Uh, that I grew up in White Haven to help take care of my grandfather. So that which brought me back to Whitehaven, you know, uh, I always tell people that if I had to just move back to Memphis just to move back to Memphis, I probably would have moved out to Bar Lid or, you know, some area like that. But with me coming back home to help take care of my grandfather, actually being back in the home that I grew up in and being in Whitehaven every day, driving around Whitehaven every day, seeing the changes you know, number one, I was glad to be back home. I was glad to be back in White Haven. And I was like, you know, I want to make, I want to stay in White Haven, make White Haven my home and, you know, do something to help, you know, improve White Haven.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds like, I mean, even though you've obviously lived a lot of different places, um, Nashville and Houston, just in terms of, you know, your personal story, it seems very connected to White Haven. So I can see why you wanted to come back. So you're, so you're, I guess your you your mother and your grandfather are both still alive, and you're you're a kind of a family unit back there in Whitehaven.
2: Right. Exactly, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's it's great. To, it's good to be back home. Uh, in the uh, you know, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, and you know, I'm um helping out at I want to help out at Garden View Elementary. I to develop a relationship with the principal at Garden View uh you know where I went to elementary at so it just it, yeah it's good to be back home and it's good to be give give back to the community that you know I was raised in. And what part of Whitehaven do you live in? I live on the east the far eastern part of Whitehaven it's close to the airport.
0: Okay and on the other side of the airport is that Oakhaven?
2: That's considered Oakhaven. That's, well.
0: that's an area I don't know as much about okay so, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. And we're talking to Jason Sharif of Respect the Haven, a community development corporation and advocacy organization working in the White Haven community. So, Jason, let's talk about Respect the Haven. What um, motivated you to start it and get involved in being? I love the name um, because a lot of neighborhoods don't get uh, a lot of respect it's also a call to action it's not just a neighborhood name so um so tell me a little bit about how you how you got involved with it
2: oh definitely well before um i had uh, respect to haven i had started another advocacy group um chapter of a chapter of a national organization called the brothers roundtable okay Uh, we started the brothers roundtable in june of 2020 uh, the brothers round table was a group of african-american men who got together to improve uh to improve the african-american community by improving upon business education politics and our social uplift we adopted white haven as our community where we did our work uh the first uh community project that we did was a community cleanup of the southland mall uh had like 40 volunteers picked up over 100 bags of trash um we also partnered with the shelby county schools to provide male mentors to their our boys needs us program um you know we did um uh we helped with the water when the war during the water crisis in february of last year at the last minute there was not any water distribution sites in white haven they had one out in hickory hill but they didn't have one in White Haven, so at the last minute we got together with Councilman JB Smiley and put together a water distribution uh, drive at the uh, White Haven Community Center.
0: So this was still the
2: other organization?
0: It was the Brothers Roundtable. The Brothers Roundtable. Right. And at some point that transitioned into Respect the Haven.
2: Right. Uh, so, um, you know, back, you know, we did a water distribution drive, we were uh, recognized by the City Council. Uh, For that, uh, Brothers Roundtable was given a resolution. Uh, After, you know, it was a Brothers Roundtable wasn't my organization, so it was headquartered out of Nashville. So, after, you know, some bumping heads with the Nashville leadership, you know, I decided to part ways. Uh, After I left um, the Brothers Roundtable, I really didn't have a desire to start anything else. Uh, But Coach Rodney Salisbury, who is the head football coach over at uh, Whitehaven High School, he was uh in the brothers' round table with me and he was like, you know, we really gotta we gotta keep it going, you know, we gotta keep, keep what, the we're momentum do- yeah, going. what we're doing at White Haven. He was just like, you know, just take you some time off, but sit back, you know, reevaluate and just come up with a new game plan. And so the whole respect to Haven, that's a battle cry that started at White Haven High School with the White Haven football team by Coach Salisbury. Okay. So he's the one that uh, coined the So he phrase. oh he coined the phrase respect he, to Haven. Yeah, so he's the one that coined the phrase respect to Haven. So I went to him, I was like, well, you know, we're gonna continue you know, working in White Haven. you know, what, what about if we take that phrase, respect to Haven? I know you meant it for the football team, It's meant, you know, associated with White Haven High School, which the school I graduated from, but let's just take that phrase, respect to Haven to represent, you know, the entire White Haven community and let's start an organization behind it. And that's what we did. And so Cole Salisbury, he serves as my uh, vice president on my board of directors.
0: Okay, So, so you mentioned a number of things Um, you know, mentoring and addressing community needs, what are some of the things that Respect the Haven does?
2: Yeah. So Respect the Haven is basically, like I said, it's it's an extension of the work we were doing with the Brothers Roundtable. So we work in four areas, economic development, educational development, political development, and social development. Just on the economic development, you know, it's really working with us, really working at a grassroots. Uh, street level, neighborhood level, working with the mom and pops, you know, businesses in Whitehaven, uh, letting you know, letting people, a lot of people in Whitehaven don't even know these businesses exist. So just promoting, supporting them on our Facebook page, which have over two thousand members. We have a business of the week, uh, where we spotlight a Whitehaven business. Uh, we work closely with um, Pearl Walker and her. I love neighbor. uh I love Whitehaven neighborhood and. and is business. that a business booster, sort of chamber of commerce
0: kind of? Thing? I'm I'm familiar with it.
2: She's I, I would say she's neighborhood grassroots with us working more with the mom and pop. She okay. does a a White Haven Marketplace. Uh, she has a I love White Haven Black Restaurant Week. Uh, you know that she do. We just had that in June that we helped sponsor. Uh, as far as the uh, what I what, what I would consider the economic the official economic. Uh, development Agency of Haven. I would say that's G-Work, you know, the Greater Haven Economic Redevelopment Corporation. Right. And even back when I was with the Brother, I first met, uh, met Michael Harris, um, uh, the Executive Director of G-Work back when I was with the Brothers Roundtable, and he actually asked me to be a part of his uh, Economic Development Advisory Committee.
0: And they are doing, like, grants and small loans for small businesses, mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're, they're attracting a lot of attention. It's probably a great partnership because... Yeah you can do sort of the grassroots piece, and then he can actually, you know, provide some of the resources
2: for that. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we just... And uh, what about
0: in the the educational pillar? As far as uh,
2: education, uh, we want to work with all our schools uh, in in Whitehaven, especially the Whitehaven Empowerment Zone. Uh, The Whitehaven Empowerment Zone uh, was um, a turnaround model that was created uh, to uh, it was it was a spearheaded. It's headed. It was headed by uh, Dr. Hunter, Dr. Uh, Hunter, principal of Whitehaven High School, and he actually became the executive principal of the, uh, the schools in Whitehaven that they wanted so the to. So empowerment protect.
0: zone was a school based. Is it similar? Is there one in Fraser too, with sort of the Fraser Community Schools? Is that the same model?
2: Well, it's more like a turnaround model. Okay. Uh, you know, where they wanted to protect certain schools in White Haven from being taken over by the state. Okay. All right. So, uh, I see. Dr. Hunter, you know, uh, he provided the coaching and the mentoring and just, you know, to, as, a, as a way to protect those schools and to, uh, to their performance, so you had a Havenview Middle School, which I, I was uh, had an opportunity to be principal for the day
0: back in May. Congratulations! Yeah,
2: so you had you know Haven uh, part of the, uh, the White Haven. Did you go? On. Did
0: you attend that school, or you attended Free? I went to Jumpy Freeman. Jumpy John 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 Freeman, okay. And those three different parts of the community.
2: They're in White Haven, but yeah, okay, different parts of White Okay, yeah, Jumpy Freeman is down the street from Havenview,
0: and Havenview is right next to the high school, right, or near the high school.
2: Just near the high school. Okay. The, the, the Havenview is the feeder school to okay. to, to White Haven. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So the White Haven, I mean, so the White haven and Zone is Havenview, Holmes Road Elementary, Oakshire Elementary, A. Macy or Walker Middle School, Robert R. Church Elementary, and G. To K. Through Eight. And we're just basically, you know, again, just Dr. Hunter serving as an executive of, uh, principal of all those schools. Uh, helping to you know improve their performance and you know not allowed them to be taken over by the state. Uh, you know, Dr. Hunter he stepped down from the White Haven Empowerment Zone, so it's been a lot of concern about what is going to happen. Did with he retire? H- he stepped. No, he's still the principal of White Haven High School. Okay. He just stepped down as the uh, as the director of the White Haven Empowerment. Zone. I see. And a lot of people in the community feel like he was forced to step down, but it's a lot of concerns about what's going to happen with the White Haven Empowerment Zone. Well, and. I mean, there's so much up in the air with the school turnaround.
0: I mean, it's not like the state's doing that great a job on the schools that they've under under their management.
2: Yeah. So, so we have uh, two more high schools that we actually work with: Hillcrest High School and Fairley High School, which are part of the Achievement School District. Okay. So,
0: yeah, uh, H- Hillcrest is a is a charter, right? Um. Or it was a charter at one well, time.
2: They're, yeah, they're, they're considered a charter schools because they're under Green Dot Public Schools. Uh, again, they're they're part of the Achievement School District, which okay. is the state district. Okay. But the 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 Achievement School District contracted. The services are contracted fairly in Hillcrest out to Green Dot Public Schools. I see. So, fairly in Hillcrest is under Green Dot Public Schools. You have a uh, Hillcrest principal who is actually on Respect the Haven Board of Directors. And I'm also, you know, good friends with the principal at fairly. So, we're gonna, so, uh, Respect the Haven will also work to support uh, fairly in um, uh, Hillcrest and Green Dot and also the White Haven Empowerment Zone. Okay, that's a lot. So
0: what kinds of things do you do with the schools?
2: Right now, uh, this will be our first year, you know, working with the school. We just want to strengthen, you know, community partnership. Okay. You know, of course, with me, basically what I'm doing in Klondike, we know that 60 to 70 percent of uh, the things that affect kids' achievement or performance in school happens outside of the school, happens in the community. You know, a lot of these kids that go to our White Haven schools, they go to these low-income, they live in these low-income, high-crime apartments. So we want to, you know, address those areas, address those out-of-school barriers, and just ask the school system what they need for us. Uh, we just had a teen summit that we did. Uh, in, uh, in White Haven in June.
0: Yeah, and you're taking it to another neighborhood. We're, t-
2: we're taking it to Orange Mound in August, and hopefully, we'll take it to Klondike Smoky City in October. So, so, so it was successful. It sounds like. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And what did the what did the te- what what did the I don't want to digress too much, but what did the teens in White Haven say that they want and need to be successful?
2: Well, basically, what the summit was, you know, we had workshops for them. Uh, We talked about, of course, you know, the importance of education, staying in school. Uh, We talked about, you know, the danger of drugs, you know. A lot of our kids, they like to smoke weed, but now, you know, a lot of this weed is being laced with fentanyl and all that. Yeah, it sure is. So we told them, you know, to do what you do, but, you know, be careful what you're doing. Understand that it's not like... You could OD from smoking a joint. You know, we talked about self-defense, you know, uh, you know, fighting with your hands instead of, you know, picking up a gun, Mm -hmm. but not only fighting with your hands, with conflict resolution skills. Uh, we had some young people who talked about how when they graduated from high school, they weren't they weren't ready to go to college, but they ended up traveling around the world. And so just, you know, di- those different type of workshops, uh, we definitely want to make the Teen Summit be more interactive where they can speak more. Uh, but basically that was the first Teen Summit. So as we tweak it, as we go along, of course, we would, you know, have more, you know, get more youth involvement and just not have, you know, workshops where we're talking to them, but have them, you know, interacting as well.
0: And so, just thinking about your the different areas of your work, one of them was was um political political and, development and and is that advocating with elected officials to draw attention resources? To
2: White Haven. Well, I work in political development. We focus on voter education, voter registration, and a voter voter rights restoration. So it's basically uh, increasing civic engagement and getting uh, people uh, people in Whitehaven more involved in politics and understanding politics. Uh, you know, White represents the largest Black voting uh, voting block in the city. So it's the most important. Uh, you know, black political block in and the city, and it's
0: fairly affluent, if I remember
2: correctly. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have uh, solidly
0: uh, middle class, exactly. not not um not, you know, I'm sure there's poverty there, but not compared to some of the other neighborhoods.
2: Right. Uh, I was looking the last census data I saw. It said we had like a 30 percent poverty rate. So if poverty is, you know, in, in you know it's, it's, it's a good part of Whitehaven, but it's also, you know, Whitehaven is known for our you know nice homes, beautiful yards. But then you also have the low income, you know, we have our fair share of low income, high crime apartments, which we really want to focus on. But again, as far as, you know, political development, uh, we had a a to Haven hosted a a meet and greet back in April, a candidate meet and greet uh, before the May election. Uh, We want to try to, you know, we want to do door to, we did a voter engagement door to door, voter engagement in White Haven with Micah. And uh, definitely, uh, you know, just increase civic awareness and get, you know, Whitehaven more involved.
0: And then what was the, we talked about economics, education, political development, and then there was one more. Social development. Social development.
2: Social development is just basically just social life, culture. Uh, just, you know, we want Whitehaven to be a vibrant community to live, work, and play. We want to, you know, host social events. uh, you know, and just anything to do, you know, socially. Uh, that that that's as far as with social development. Any social programs, uh, you know, housing. You know, we want to increase. You know, turn those people that are renters into homeowners. Uh, so anything we can do to make uh, White Haven a vibrant social place to be. That's that falls under social development. So it,
0: it seems like just from looking at the, you know, looking at the news that. You know, White Haven's kind of on the upswing from a development perspective, mm-hmm. and you know, I know there's a, a Starbucks going in there. There's some and malls getting some redevelopment. Mm-hmm. There's um, you know a new Y, and there's some some housing things have been announced. Yeah. So, um, is I mean, am I reading right? Is it is is White Haven sort of economically on the, you know, Let's just say on the rebound because oh, it's yeah. sort of declined.
2: Oh, yeah, it's definitely momentum picking up in Whitehaven. You know, we've had, like, maybe 13 black businesses open over, you know, the last few years. Uh, we got Jason Farmer, who is bringing...
0: Um, oh, B- the big movie studio. BLP
2: Studios to White Haven, which will be the second largest black studio behind Ty- Tyler Perry's in Atlanta. That's amazing. Yeah, we got the luxury home development that they're building uh, as well. So yeah, is definitely has the momentum. Definitely has the you know the up upswing, and we just want to you know continue that momentum.
0: Well, what I guess what do you think it's going to take the? So just, um, of course, you're a big social media. Person and we're Facebook friends now
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so one thing that I noticed is that you're obsessed with Whataburger <laughs> and the new Whataburger in South Haven and uh-huh. you go down there at four in the morning uh-huh. I'm not a fast food person so I don't understand the appeal but having said that you said something sort of interesting um, which is that um, you know you love Whataburger and you've been going there a lot but you're conflicted because <laughs> you really like to spend your money in white haven right, right. and, and of course we're we're all guilty of this, but um you know to of course, to retain businesses um you know people have to have that same and we're we're all guilty of this I mean, I remember this is a while back visiting Raleigh, and people said um you know the Raleigh Spring Mall was great. Everyone went there. Wolf Chase opened, mm-hmm. and then everyone wanted to go to Wolf Chase because it was a bigger Macy's. And so everyone and Raleigh drove out, to Wolf, drove out to Wolf Chase, and then everyone was mad the Raleigh Springs Mall closed. Mm-hmm. And of course, mm-hmm. I'm generalizing. We all do this. I'm not picking on anybody, right, right. but. Um, but do you think the, is that one thing the Haven's trying to do is to sort of tell people, you know, you need to spend your money here mm-hmm. and then you need to, if we, if we, if we bring the businesses in, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta go somewhere that's not necessarily your first choice because you want to keep your money circulating in the community.
2: Absolutely. We just, again, you know, we just had the, I love White Haven, uh, black restaurant week, which was, uh, Hosted by Pearl Walkers, I Love White Haven Neighborhood Business Association. We, uh, Respect the Haven was one of the sponsors, and our model uh, or theme for that week was spend with intent, and you know, spend with intent. Spend, I like that. Just spend, you know, you know, keep, you know, your 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 money in your neighborhood, you know, in the black community. You know, it says that our money only circulate; it leaves the community within eight minutes. You know, when you got other communities like the white community, the Asian community, those money, you know, circulates in their their community 20, 30 times, you know. So okay, so definitely... so
0: in a black community, it circulates eight times, and it's more than that in some other communities. Mm-hmm. Because, well, so you're trying to change that trajectory. Yeah,
2: we definitely want to spend within, 10, you know, uh, spend our money, uh, you know, in, in White Haven. You know, uh, you, you look at Goodman Road and all this, and how much money we spend you know, in, in Goodman Road and in South Haven. You know, we wanna bring the businesses to White Haven. And until we can bring you know, we're not gonna sit and wait, you know, for the national change to come. You know, the is not gonna save us. We're the Cavalry. Exactly. So if if Starbucks don't wanna come to White Haven, we got Muggin Coffee House, you know. If I Hop and and um uh, Waffle House don't want to come to White Haven. We got exactly and we got A King Cafe. So let's build the businesses that we need to build to offer the goods and services and the jobs that we need in our community and let's support our community.
0: Well, I totally get that a hundred percent. It seems like though people still want chains. Oh yeah. and I mean people I spent I did some work in White Haven a couple of years ago and spent some time there and people were still talking about the red lobster leaving. I was going to say, one thing we didn't talk about was, um, you know, there's a lot of investments in infrastructure. and Oh, oh, this is one thing I wanted to ask you about. So um, the reason I got connected to you um, was I read an article about you in the paper about the about Graceland and about how you wanted the neighborhood to have a better connection to Graceland since it's such a, an important asset, which I thought was extremely interesting. Um, You know, when I moved here, I moved here, you know, in the nineties from New York and I couldn't, you know, couldn't believe that, you know, people were, pr- people in Memphis generally were proud of the fact they hadn't been to Graceland. I just like people in New York haven't been to the Statue of Liberty. You know, it's just not something you do if you live there, you bring people there. Why is it important to you to strengthen the relationship between Graceland, which is a really important asset and the the neighborhood of Whitehaven, which they're not necessarily that closely connected.
2: Right, you know, with Graceland being such an important economic um, asset, you know, to Whitehaven, I would like to see, you know, improve, you know, improve relationships between, you know, the community in Whitehaven, which is now predominantly Black, you know, in Graceland, you know, um, and talking to, like I said, I just came back 2019, so I didn't want to make any assumptions, but in talking to other, you know, community leaders in Whitehaven, you know, Graceland does, you know, give back, you know, to the community and, you know, uh, does do some good things. I would like to see more of that and just, just see, you know, Graceland, you know, give back to the community that, um, that they're in, you know, I like them to see, would like to see them be, you know, good, you know, corporate neighbors and, you know, continue to invest, you know, in schools and sponsor, you know, the schools in White Haven, you know, help, you know, the black businesses in White you know, I just, you know, just like to see just, you know, a better relationship between uh, Graceland and the community here in White which is, you know, predominantly black. So, you know, I know how, you know, some black people might feel about Elvis, you know, might feel he, you know, stole from the black culture or was a racist. You know, I don't know if that's part of the reason for the, you know, the tension or uh I don't know the word I'm looking for, but, you know, the disinterest that, you know, black people have in Graceland. But, you know, I think, you know, Graceland is is a big part, you know, of why so... I would like to, you know, see a better, uh, relationship, you know, between, you know, the Graceland supporting, you know, the Black community in and White Haven and, and, and vice versa.
0: Well, I mean, despite the history, which you, you know, like you said, there's not necessarily agreement on it. It does seem like that, um, that Graceland brings so many people into White Haven. And, um, and the Whitehaven could benefit even more from that. You know, obviously, there's the guest house now and um, some new restaurants and stuff coming in. But, you know, you want people to spend dollars in, in Whitehaven. And the more there is for them to do there, the more dollars they are going to spend. So it seems like it supports the economic development of the neighborhood that you're trying to that everyone would like to see and some of which you know we've talked about about some of the businesses coming in so I can see why that would be that would make sense as a strategy um to try to foster a closer relationship between those two things
2: right and not and and, and not just Graceland you know Graceland is is a big part of White Haven, but it's not only White Haven. you know you you have FedEx you have Smith and Nephew you have Medtronic so you have you know a few fortune 500 companies and a lot of you know a lot of workers in white haven who would like to have a sit-down restaurant and other restaurants to go to during lunch so it's not like the clientele is not here to, to, to draw those businesses because you know like i said beside graceland you have fedex and Edtronic, uh smith and nephew all these have workers who would like to eat lunch in white haven so the clientele is there
0: you know, you made an excellent point that we did not talk about earlier, which is that there are a bunch of corporations located in the Whitehaven area. And so there are there are a lot of people. And also, you know, I'm mean, quite Haven has some nice, very nice residential areas, but there's probably, um, you know, housing products that may, maybe more people who live there work to those places would consider living there. If there was, you know, a wider variety of housing options, you know, maybe condos or townhouses. I'm just talking off the top of my head, but thinking there are opportunities through, through Graceland, but also some of the corporations that you mentioned. That makes a lot of sense.
2: Absolutely, there was a time back where the Red Roof, uh, they wanted to turn the Red Roof uh, in on Elvis Presley to like some bo- uh, boarding houses, boarding rooms, or a boarding house. And you know a lot of the organizations like Respect the Haven, and the Greater White Haven Economic Redevelopment Corporation, the love love White Haven Neighborhood Business Association. We all came together. And was like we felt like that. You know we we don't have anything against low income housing, but we we just feel like that area is so close to Graceland is not an ideal. Situation for a boarding a boarding room and what or a boarding house? and what about you know turning that into you know apartments for you know middle class you know middle class apartments to draw in you know those younger college graduates, those younger millennials who, like you said, they would love to come back to White Haven and live in White Haven, but you know the housing is just not there yet, right?
0: yeah, I understand that. and certainly, White Haven has its share of affordable housing um you know you mentioned earlier the you know the apartments that are a lot of which aren't that well kept so there certainly is a supply of affordable housing there maybe not that great quality but it exists so i definitely see where you're coming from so um okay so you've been listening to method metropolis and wyxr 91.7 fm i've been talking to jason sharif from respect the haven um so jason thanks for coming on the show
2: All right, thank you. Thank you for having
1: me. Memphis Listening Lab proudly supports WYXR. They provide a curated collection of music and music history, a forum for music-related talks and performances, and a music education, appreciation, and experimentation space located in Crosstown Concourse. The Lab is open Tuesday through Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find out more information on their Instagram page at Memphis Listening Lab or on their website at memphislisteninglab.org.
0: been listening to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis airs every Monday at 1, so please tune in again next week. You can listen to past programs on our program page at wyxr.org or on memphismetropolis.com. You can also follow us and send feedback on social media. Now, stay tuned for Memphis Undercover
1: with Nancy.